Yes, I, I, I thank you again for joining us. And I ask that you listen keenly as I share the word. I trust that there's something in it that you will be able to relate to and that will bring about transformation in your lives. So I am going to start out with the first scripture. Um, if you bear with me just a minute. which comes from Philippians 3, and I'll ask our sister Tamar to read, please. You're, you're muted. Thank you, I'm sorry. <laughs> Philippians uh, 3, verses 12 to 20 says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the mark, I'm sorry, press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heaven, heavenward in Jesus Christ. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, sisters, and just as you have as a model, Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Tamar. You're welcome. So, um, this morning, I want us to spend a little bit of time discussing this. Um, in Philippians, we see that Paul is encouraging the saints to live at a higher standard. If we're to sum it up, that's really what it comes down to. And I, I want to read, read two verses from 2 Corinthians 3, verses 17 and 18. Now, the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of God. So in these two scriptures, we see that we're being encouraged to live at a higher level, to aspire to be like Christ. The people have been taught and know the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they're being encouraged to keep moving from glory to glory, from level to level. And what struck me in the Philippians scripture is that Paul was even bold enough to say to them, follow my example. Imagine that. Paul could say, follow my example. I have been a model for you. Keep your eyes on me is essentially what he's saying. And others like me and live as we do. In 2 Corinthians 3, he's saying that the transforming work that God accomplishes through Jesus Christ is meant for all believers. None is exempt. So as we read and listen to these scriptures, it's important for us to realize that, guess what? It applies to me. They're talking to me. 
and I need to take note of what is being said. He's saying if we consider seeing the glory of God in a mirror, we too are being transformed into the image that we see. Picture that, looking at the glory of God in a mirror. He's saying that what you're seeing, you should be in a process of transformation to look like what it is you're seeing. And so my question to you this morning is, how is your transformation going? If you imagine yourself looking at the glory of God in a mirror, how is your transformation to becoming like that image that you see in that mirror? Our transformation is measured in many ways, but I want us to focus this morning on one of the ways, and that is how others experience us. As we look in the mirror and expect to see the reflection of God, as we become transformed, what do others see when they look at us and interact with us? Is that experience that they have with us a pleasant one? Or is it one where they see our flesh in action and not the God in us? And my topic for you this morning is Google or Alexa. And yes, yes, Sister Tamara, I know that one would get you. <laughs> that is my topic this morning, Google or Alexa. And, and, and this is where this topic is going to get real this morning. And my question as I continue is, where is your sensitivity meter? I'll ask that again, where is your sensitivity meter? And as we focus this morning on how others experience us as they react, interact with us, we also should contemplate what is our reaction to and our interaction with those persons we come in contact with. And you may wonder, how did that topic come about, Google or Alexa? Where did that come from? And I'm going to share with you how that came about. I have Google on my phone. And so if I want to look up something without typing, I will command it. And I say, hey, Google. And I give it the instruction, and it will respond. I also have an Amazon Echo device. And to wake up the, the, the Alexa, the echo, you have to say Alexa, and it will respond to the command that you give it after saying Alexa. So for example, I'll say Alexa, play my favorites. One morning, I was on my phone looking up several definitions on, on Google. And so I kept saying, hey, Google, do this. Hey, Google, do that. And it would respond. And so later that morning, I was having breakfast. I know I wanted to play some music. And so I said, hey, Google, play gospel. And nothing happened. And then I said it louder, hey, Google, play gospel. And still nothing happened. And I got up from where I was and I went right up to it, the device. And I said, hey, Google, vex now, you know. Hey, Google, play gospel. And still nothing. And then it took me a few seconds to realize but this is Alexa, not Google. So I'm giving it the wrong command. And so I said, hey, Alexa, not hey, I said, Alexa, play gospel. And it started playing. So 
what I found interesting was Alexa was not responding because what I was saying did not mean anything to the device. Alexa is not Google and Alexa will not respond to the triggers that are meant for Google. Let that sink in. Alexa is not Google and Alexa will not respond to triggers that are meant for Google. And as that experience happened, the Lord started speaking to me. And he said to me that we respond to who we are. His word says that we are the redeemed of Christ. We are created in his image and likeness. His word says that we're being transformed into the image of God that we see in the mirror as we look at his glory. Romans 6 verse 11 says, even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So what am I saying? I'm saying to us this morning that your level of sensitivity depends on who you are responding to. The who that you're responding from, rather. What is your level of sensitivity to things that are said to you? And for the purpose of this illustration, let us consider two options. You are either Alexa, and let us consider Alexa being the you who respond in the spirit. So you're not, you're not triggered and governed by things of the flesh. And let us use Google in this example to represent the things that are of the flesh. So if you respond like Alexa, you're responding in the spirit. If you respond like Google, you're responding in the flesh. So bear that in mind as we proceed. As the children of God, we're called to respond in the spirit. So when someone says something, we need to stop and assess it with our spiritual ears. We can either respond like Alexa, and it is a spirit in us that is responding, or we can respond like Google and allow the flesh in us to respond. And there are some times when we're called to respond like Alexa. And that response may be just as that Alexa device did to me that morning. And the response is to say nothing at all. When someone says something that is unkind or rude or offensive, is our immediate response an Alexa response? Or is our immediate response a flesh response? Do we remain silent because our flesh does not identify with the offense? In other words, our flesh is dead and we're operating from a place of the spirit. So the Lord is asking us this morning, are you Google or are you Alexa? When you respond, are those around you seeing the flesh in you or the spirit in you? Are they experiencing God through you? Can you, like Paul, say to others, join together in following my example? 
brothers and sisters. And just as you have me as a model, or would you be embarrassed to say that based on your response in certain situations? And there are different types of responses. And there may be some of us who are listening that may be quick to say, oh, I'm Alexa, I don't respond in the flesh. And so you feel confident that your flesh is under subjection and you remain silent like Alexa did. But is that silence, true silence from a place of responding in the spirit or is it something else? So let's not be so quick to jump to conclusion that we're Alexa and we pat ourselves on the back. There are several categories that the Lord told me that we fall into as he started speaking to me through this experience. And as I go through these categories, I want you to note them and identify where you fall. The first category is when somebody speaks to you and they say something, the first person is a person who will hear the trigger. You will hear the offense, you'll pick up on it. And you won't immediately respond. You will go away, you'll process what was said. And having processed what was said, you will call the person and you will give them a piece of your mind. And you may be one of those where you're quick to say, oh, I'm not impulsive and I will think about it and I will process it. But guess what? After processing it and letting the offense soak in, you call them and you give them a piece of your mind. That person is the processor. So that's the first category I want you to make note of, the processor. The second person is a person who will hear and be quick to respond. That person prides yourself in, oh, nothing is going to get past me. You hear it and you have a witty response without even thinking about it. You can respond like that. You're not going to let the person get away with what they said. And they need to know that you have picked up what they put down. You consider yourself quick on the draw and you take pride in that. That category is the impulsive one. The third category, you hear the trigger. You won't say anything, but you start having conversations in your head. In your mind, you're telling the person everything from A to Z. You're setting them straight in your mind. You're having a whole argument with them in your mind. And in all of this processing in your mind and conversation in your mind, you're still taking pride in the fact that you're exercising restraint because you're not actually saying it to them. Because after all, you're, you're quiet. You didn't say anything to them. That category is the internalizer. Yet there's another category. You will hear, you won't say anything, whether now or at a later point, you won't have any conversation with the persons in your mind, but you will now drop words. And in the dropping of the words, the other person will realize that something is wrong. And sometimes they may know what is wrong and other times they may not have a clue what is going on because it happened so long ago. And the word dropping that you're doing now is totally unrelated to the incident, but you're still upset about it. 
and you drop words so much that people start tripping and don't even understand why they're tripping because you won't you won't address whatever your issue is that category of persons is called the planter you drop you sow the next category you're not impulsive you're not a processor you're not a planter you do not internalize but you have attitude for days everything the other person does whether it is wrong or right you have an attitude and you make it clear to them that your attitude is because of them, but you're not saying anything. That category is the attitudinal one. And then you have the last category. You're not impulsive, you're not a processor, you're not an internalizer, you're not a planter, you're not the attitudinal one. And many of us, if we're honest, would call this category of, of people naive or slow because they don't even pick up on what was said. Even if what was said was rude or offensive, they just, they just don't pick up on it. They're literally dead to it. Their flesh is dead to it. They do not allow things to rattle them. And they're not pretending. The flesh is genuinely dead to it and they have no reaction. And that category of persons is called the corpse. So which of the six categories do you fall in? Are you the impulsive one, the processor, the planter, the attitudinal one, the internalizer, or the corpse? We all fit into one category or the other. And over time, you may have taken pride in whichever category you find yourself in for one reason or the other. The Lord is saying to us this morning, it is time that we become the corpse. It is time that we stop responding from a place of the flesh and respond from a place of the spirit. It is time that we stop taking offense to things that are said because he's calling us to a higher level. The Lord requires our flesh to die. Flesh and spirit are contrary to each other. And Romans 8, I encourage you to read that. That is covered quite beautifully in Romans 8. When persons interact with us, let them go away seeing something different in us. Let them go away experiencing God. Because if we're to be his mirror image, it means when someone interacts with us, it should be as if they're interacting with God himself. It should be them experiencing the love of God through us. And it is simple. It's not complicated. And it's, it's high time that we stop excusing ourselves and say, oh, I'm only human. That's not good enough anymore. First John 5, 1 to 4 says, it's, it's very simple in this scripture. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God. By loving God and carrying out his commandments. Listen to this. In fact, this is love for God. To keep his commands. Simply to keep his commands. 
and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. That scripture should encourage us this morning to, and, and cause us to recognize that it is high time to stop excusing our behavior and saying, oh, we're only human. The Lord through the Holy Spirit has given us the ability to operate at this higher level that he's calling us to. And one way to demonstrate the love of God and cause others to experience God as they interact with us is to reduce our sensitivity meters. Stop allowing the simple things to set us off. Google can only respond to Google command and Alexa can only respond to Alexa command. You are not Google. So do not respond to Google because your name is Alexa. You are born of God. You operate from a place of the spirit. And if you are born of God, the command is to be Christ-like. And that ought not to be a burden, is what First John is telling us. You are empowered to overcome. Stop saying it so you stay, so you grow up. You have the ability to overcome. You are empowered to be kind. You're empowered to be gentle. You're empowered to exercise self-control. You're empowered to not respond to a good command because you are no longer Google. And so often we have a tendency to say, they know how to push my buttons. How many of us say that? They just know how to push my buttons. And we use that as an excuse especially with persons who are close to us and persons who know us very well. They just know how to push my buttons. And we feel that we're justified in how we respond in the flesh because they're the ones who trouble us. It's them who trouble me. We're minding our own business and they just come and interrupt the day. But guess what? The Lord is saying to us this morning is, the problem is not that they know which buttons to push. The problem is that we have buttons. When we're operating from a place of the spirit, the buttons are supposed to be dead. So in other words, there ought to be no buttons because we're not operating from a place of the flesh. If we didn't have buttons, nobody could push them. And that is what it really means for the flesh to die. So my encouragement to you this morning is get rid of your buttons. How? Practice. Each time you need to identify the flesh response. As you identify the flesh response, confess it and ask the Lord to help you with it. With Google or Alexa, as you call their names, they respond. So if you say, hey, Google, there's an audible chime on the phone. When I say, hey, Google, on my phone, my phone chimes and I know it's now ready to respond to the command. With Alexa, if I say Alexa, there's a blue light on the, on the device that blinks. And now I know that it is ready to respond to whatever I command it to. And so the question I want to ask this morning is, what is your trigger? We all know what our trigger is, you know. For some of us, it's a physical response. For me, it used to be, and I'm so glad I, I'm at a place where I can say it used to be. For me, it used to be that when somebody pushed my buttons and I get really annoyed and irritated, my nose would twitch. 
I just feel like somebody have a feather in my nose. That's how my nose would respond. That was my physical trigger. For you, it may be a similar physical response or it could be something else. It could be that you shift your position, could be that you clear your throat. Sometimes we don't even realize that these are repeat responses that we have to triggers. We need to know what that indicator is and ask the Lord to help us with it. Identify, tell the Lord about it and ask him to help you with it. That is what I did with my no switch. And to God with the glory, I cannot tell you the last time I experienced that because I'm convinced now that my flesh is dead in that area. Ask the Lord to help you to get rid of whatever that issue is. As we kill the flesh, over time, we become true reflections of the image of Christ as others interact and experience us. And they will truly begin to experience the Christ in us. We have been studying Acts and learning about how to walk in spiritual authority. And last week, we looked at Peter and John commanding the lame man who sat at the temple gate, Sister Tashina, shared that with us. And they began preaching to the people after the lame man was healed. They began preaching to the people at Solomon's colonnade. And chapter four reads as follows. And I'm going to ask Sister Ange to read as I, as I bring up this slide. Sister Tamara, can you read one, please? Next four verse 12 says, While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a, is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. Well, many of the people who heard their message believed it, so the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Anna, Annas, the high priest, was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, annoyed and insulted that they did not see the power he had to command a layman to walk, said, rulers and elders of our people, you wicked and ungrateful people, we are being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man. All these years, this man sat crippled at the temple gate and none of you could heal him. And here we come and in a single command, we made him walk. Do you not see the power in us? The members of the council were confused when they heard the response of Peter and John. 
because before their their arrest they spoke boldly of this Jesus Christ in whom in whose name they speak yet listening to them now they made no mention of this Jesus it now appears they raised them raised the man in their own strength and power all the people were confused and began to question the message of Peter and John the crowd dispersed and went back to their villages from that day none were willing to listen to the preaching of the apostles and of the 5,000 who were saved, 4,900 cursed them and renounced Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Tamara. You're welcome. Okay, let me go back. So, we know clearly that is not what the scripture says. And what you just heard may seem comical, but how many of us, if we were Peter and John, would have in an instant been annoyed that the elders were questioning what happened? How many of us would have kept our flesh under subjection and allowed the Holy Spirit to respond to, to us? Think about that. And let us now listen to what actually happened. And we're going to pick up at verse five. So Sister Tamara, over again to you, just a second. <laughs> Go ahead. Acts four, five to 12. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. And as the high priest was there, along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest, they brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all of the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name on the heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness and Peter, the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Amen. Amen. They recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. They recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. When persons interact with us, what do they recognize us as? Do you respond in the spirit like Alexa or do you respond in the flesh like Google? So as I close this morning, I ask you, 
when you respond, is it the Holy Spirit in you that is responding? We cannot walk in the authority that we've been learning about in Acts if we continue to give in to our flesh. Flesh and spirit, as I referenced in Romans 8, cannot cohabitate. We will continue our study of Acts next week, but I dare to say to all of us this morning that what we're doing will be futile if we do not bring our flesh under subjection. It will be pointless because we'll still be operating from a place of the flesh and not from a place of the spirit. And I'm going to close a little differently today. So remember I mentioned Google's acknowledgement of a command is a chime and Alexa's acknowledgement of a command is a blue light. So I encourage you this morning to stop and think, what is your acknowledgement of a command? What is your trigger when somebody, as we say, gets under your skin? Think about that. Mine was a no switch, as I mentioned before. What is that thing that happens to you that lets you know that you're about to respond in your flesh? Are you the impulsive one? Are you the processor, the planter, the attitudinal one, or the internalizer? And tell the Lord, whichever category it is you fall in, tell the Lord about it this morning. And confess to him those times where you have been a poor reflection of him and ask his forgiveness. Ask the Lord this morning to help you to kill your flesh. Ask him to help you to become not one of those five, but to become the corpse where your flesh is not triggered and you only respond as the spirit in you needs you to respond. And so we're gonna be quiet for about a minute as you contemplate what I've just said and put it before the Lord and then we come back. So I will be quiet for a minute. So as we close this morning, I encourage you to continue this process of inter internalized, not internalizing, assessing 
that's the word, of assessing where you fall and speaking to the Lord about it. And you may be listening and you're not saved. And it may be your normal response to say, as you please, and you do as you please. And your position may be what? Guess what? Nobody's going to take advantage of me. So if they trigger me, I'm going to respond. But this morning, I want to propose to you a more peaceful, fulfilling way to live. And that is to invite Jesus to be the center of your life. To invite him to be your savior. So that you can get to a place where you can follow the commands that he has laid out in his scripture for you on how to live your life. John 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that if you believe in him, you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. And so that is my invitation to you this morning. Will you accept this Jesus? as your Lord and Savior? Will you invite this Jesus into your life who, with the help of the Holy Spirit, will help you to get to that place where you no longer respond from your flesh, but you respond from a place of the Spirit that resides on the inside of you? And so if, if that is you this morning, I'm going to invite you to say the sinner's prayer and repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask you for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. So if you said that prayer this morning, or if you're listening to this recorded broadcast and you just said that prayer, we want to hear from you. We want to be able to pray with you. So please give us a call or send us a WhatsApp on 469-333-0397. Or if you're not able to do either of those, you may send us an email at newhorizonlane at gmail.com. So thank you everyone for listening. And I trust that you got something from the message this morning. God bless.